You're listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Along with Mr. T, Nikki, and Kyrie, we're here till midnight. Then it's Freddie Fitzsimmons here on 98.7 ESPN. We'll be joined by Teddy Greenstein. He of the Chicago Tribune at the bottom of the hour. He's got uh, some interesting perspective on the last dance. He uh, has a couple of great articles in the Tribune about Doug Collins. And also he had the chance to speak with Michael Jordan's kids about the last dance. So we'll chat with him about it and get your thoughts as well. I just wanted to get you guys. We touched on it a little bit last night, but I wanted to, because we were really into the draft and it was our first time out just to have a chance to re- recap the draft. And uh, Trevor Scales did such a fabulous job on doing that. We we put the last dance on kind of a back seat. So tonight what I wanted to do is really get your thoughts about what you thought about uh, game three, uh, episode three and episode four. Uh, the whole thing with Scottie Pippen and, and that's, that's still around it. And even though he was in episode two, his situation comes back in episode three, right? Because he did not rush to have his surgery to repair his injury. So he's taking his time, right? So he, you got this whole thing about how the Bulls are trying to, trying to move ahead and obviously, the Bulls are not getting any sympathy from anybody, right? Because what is so interesting about this is that while they are, they have become the team that people love to hate. They have become the hunted. They are the team that have won three championships and now they're trying to, they're coming off the 72 and 10 season regular season. Okay. And now they're going into, uh, this final season and all the stuff around it. Okay. Is this is it for Phil Jackson? Uh, is Michael Jordan going to retire? What is he going to do? Are they going to break this team up? So there's so many different things about this last dance. And obviously the big focus really was taken away from Dennis Rodman because everything, because of the way it's edited, and because of the way that they take, they go from the current and take you back to give you some perspective and then bring you back to what is then current, meaning the 97, 98 season, you kind of get turned around a little bit, right? But what really is the takeaway from this weekend from most folks, at least from the conversation you're hearing is about the bad blood between the Pistons and the Bulls in the fact that they didn't shake their hand. But there's so much more that went on with this weekend. So on Twitter, I want to get your thoughts. What is the most compelling story of the last dance so far? What is the most compelling story of the last dance so far? Is it Jerry Krause ending their run? Is that it? Is it the Pistons rivalry? Is it Scotty's contract issues? Or is it Rodman and Vegas? Now, I understand that sometimes you're a creature of the last thing that's gone on. And the last thing that's gone on clearly is Dennis Rodman. (laughs) But if we had spoken a week ago, everybody was up in arms about Scottie Pippen and his contract issues, right? That was the major thing that people were talking about. That's what everybody was really, oh, man, how could he do this? What was wrong? Why didn't Michael fight for him? And so on and so forth. And Michael Jordan is his perspective and how he's come across here is interesting for me in this last dance. It's been interesting. And 
you understand why he told Robin Roberts of Good Morning America that he was concerned that people may hate him after seeing this. Because there's two Michael Jordans, right? There's the Michael Jordan that you uh, respect and appreciate because of his talents on the court. There's the other Michael Jordan that you're looking at and you say, you know what? Uh, he could have, he could have worked with Scotty and went to management. I mean, he had the leverage. He was the one that was finally making money. He could have went to the, to management and tried to help Scotty get his money. Didn't do it. Uh, there were other things that you're looking that you're wondering, why didn't Michael do that? Why didn't Michael use his leverage? Now, clearly we understand that at that time, nobody was making a lot of money on the Chicago Bulls. And what was crazy was that was the issue that both Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen did not like about Tony Kukoc. Because when Krauss and Reinsdorf brought Kukoc in, Kukoc was making more money than both of them. Oh, yeah, he was making more money than Jordan. And he was we know he was making double what Scottie Pippen was making. And he hadn't proven anything. And here's what you, you had guys that had brought you championships and you had not paid them. I remember at the time of folks, folks in Chicago saying that they were, couldn't believe that I believe, I don't remember who it was, whether it was Kraus or Reinsdorf, who was saying, hey, listen, you're making money from Nike. You're, you're making the, we don't have to pay you. Look at all the money you're making off the court as if, because their, their attitude was if you weren't playing on the court, you couldn't make that money off the court. So they almost acted like his off-court money, his sneaker money was because of them. So they didn't have to pay him. It was, it was just really crazy. But that was once again, the thought process at that time. So it, it's real interesting. And I'm very curious to see where this goes because eventually I'm sure we're going to find out where they draw the line to spend. And they haven't mentioned, you know, Michael's role as far as a brand of sneakers and I want to be like Mike and all the things that he was endorsing and still endorses, you know, and it's, it's interesting because that's not really part of the last dance. It's more part of Jordan and his career and what he was able to do and help athletes going forward because he showed them the way and they were able to make adjustments to take advantage of what he did. And in some cases improve on what he did. So it's going to be an interesting series and it has been interesting, but there's so many storylines in here that you really have to focus <laughs> and keep up. All right. You really do. You really do. And obviously the major focus of this, the major player, the major star of this last dance is why are they going to break this team up? Okay, yes, they're showing some age. Yeah, you get that. But who was beating them? Who was going to come? Who was going to stop them from coming out of the East? All right. Who was, who was, who was going to really dethrone them in the West? We hadn't seen Kobe and Shaq. Those Lakers hadn't come up yet. So you wonder if they really had the opportunity to win another title or two before that switched or was Jerry Reinsdorf kind of from the Bill Belichick school of I'd rather get rid of them a year or two before they decline than wait till they decline. Was he influenced by what he saw with the Boston Celtics where 
Bird and Parrish and McHale, that trio was there and was dominant, obviously along with the late great Dennis Johnson and, and the bench they had led by Danny Ainge. So, so that crew got old quickly. And so they struggled and was, was Kraus aware of that, watching that and said, Hey, you know what? I don't want the Bulls to be like that. I want to make sure that we end our, our situation that we replenish. Okay. And he felt that Tony Kukoc was going to be the person that was going to take them and transition them into the next phase because he was the beginning of the European star athletes coming over, shooting more threes and, and, and stretching the game out to what you kind of the forefront of what you see today with the taller players, wider range, able to shoot baskets. So it, it, it's, it's interesting. It's interesting to see how this is going to go. Once again, our question on Twitter, what is the most compelling story of the last dance so far? Is it Kraus ending their run? Is it the Pistons rivalry? Is it Scotty's contract issues? Is it Rodman and Vegas? You are listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Ellen Queen, start us off on ESPN New York tonight. Hey, what's going on, Larry? How you doing? I'm doing great, Mel. What's up? All right. All right. So, I, you know, I enjoy the documentary. Um, it's great. Um, the only thing I would say about the documentary is, is I think it's like classic, you know, Michael Jordan for his whole career, I guess, controlling the narrative because he's the only player that when he loses, it makes him look like the hero or somebody else. The whole Jerry Krause thing, I kind of disagree with that narrative because over the years, we make it seem like, oh, Michael Jordan is excellent and Sometimes people downplay Scottie Pippen, and you can throw anybody out there with Scott, with Michael Jordan, and he's going to win it. My thing is this. If Scottie Pippen and Phil Jackson and Robin ain't come back, right? If I was Michael Jordan, I'd be like, okay, let's suit up. Let me jump out there. Let me play. I, I think it's not fair for him to get to quit and then blame Jerry Krause. If you're Michael Jordan, I feel like that was your opportunity to say, look, I can do this without Pippen. I can do this without Phil Jackson. But that was never the case in his career, and they don't. And you know, they they never going to like speak on it. But if that was LeBron in the same boat right now, man, he'll be getting killed for leaving and quitting and different things like that. And the narrative is different. Well, yeah, there's no question, Mel. The narrative is different. But to, on the other side of it, at that, Michael Jordan was had been in the league by then. What, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen years? He he was not the guy that was able to carry a team, in my opinion, that he was when he first came in, obviously. So but it would have been this. more difficult for him to do. Um, right. But I understand what you're saying. You you know, it, it's like it's like uh, what um, what uh, Mr. Ty's favorite guy, Kobe Bryant, said when he said, I don't need Shaq. I don't need anybody. I, I, I'll, I'll show you I can right. win it on my own. But once right. again, you look at the age uh-huh. difference, you know, it's a little different. And Michael had played a lot of minutes, even in those, even in those times, just as LeBron has played a lot of minutes in his games. So he was, but, he was at the stage where, just in my opinion, Mel, that he wasn't able to even, he wouldn't have been able to do it on his own. Now, here's my only difference, right? I was, mm-hmm. I, I agree with you saying, like, I, I agree. It's like they came out that, that, and that was it. I agree. But the only difference is, is that I feel like in year 17, like people are, was expecting LeBron to carry a team to a championship, age 35, you know, do all these things like that. 
And if he don't do these things, they look at him differently. They're not looking at his age. They're not looking at any of those factors. He's like, you lose, you lose. So I just felt like I wanted to see Michael Jordan after they won the championships. Mm-hmm. I wanted to see what he can do without Scottie Pippen because when he retired the first time in 93, Scottie Pippen and Phil Jackson still played. Right. You know, Phil Jackson won championships with the uh, Lakers. Mm-hmm. Pippen played with Houston. And think about it. Scottie Pippen made Bonzi well, and those guys look really, really good. So we got a chance mm-hmm. to see. But we never got a chance to see Michael after Scottie outside of the Wizards day. And I really had wanted to see Jordan, you know, play without Scottie Pippen so I can really Well, you saw him before. Judge. But you saw him he, before Scottie got there. And they only had one playoff win. They had no playoff series win, and they was getting swept every year. So well, they didn't get swept, but they were, but they they were they were winning some games, but they didn't go far. And they, listen, there's no question that they were better. No, they won, but see, here's the other thing, game. Mel. Here's the other thing, Mel. Now on the other side, I would say to you that part of the reason that LeBron gets the criticism he does is because unlike that era of team. The reason why people jump on him so much is because he now goes to other teams and brings people with him. See what I'm saying? Well, so his, now that's why people will, are more harsh on him to say, Oh, okay. So look, he went out to make people to, 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 you know, kind of, um, add people to make his, make his team better. So now, okay, let's see what you can do. Now you have to win. So in other words, you went out, you brought people in and you still didn't win. So that's, that's the, that's the now, issue here's that my most last people have. Kind of let me leave it with this. Here's my last argument, right? I, mm-hmm. I, I okay. If, you, if, if I want to be an argument, right, I would agree, right? The only reason why I feel like that argument argument is a little different because Michael Jordan got a chance to play with a top fifty player all time during his career. A lot of times people say, "Oh, what if Magic? If what if Jordan linked up with Bird or Magic mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. these guys? He didn't have to. He had Scottie Pippen, one of the top fifty players of all time. Okay, but so many, all right, so uh, so you don't think that you don't think that if we recalibrated the top fifty that Dwayne Wade would not be one of the top fifty players? One of the top fifty players? Yeah. If we recal if we do that now, you don't think Dwayne Wade is gonna go down? Dwayne Wade's a Hall of Famer. I know I would say he would be a Hall of Famer, but you think you his 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 would probably would stop Dwayne Wade the top fifty. Because you have LeBron, you have Steph Curry you have Kevin Durant. I don't think Dwayne Wade. No, he's a guard now. Remember, remember, he's a guard. So I think, I think when okay. you break him down as far as guards are concerned, and thanks for the phone call, Mel. I think when you break it down as far as guards were concerned, when you look at what he's accomplished, okay, the rings that he has, and he got a ring even before LeBron. Okay. He got a ring with the big fella. Okay. If you look at that, his longevity, I think if you were doing another top 50, okay, you would have to include Dwayne Wade. I just, I just, I just think you would. Valentino's in Brooklyn. Hey, Valentino, you're next on hey, 987 ESPN. Mr. Augustine, how you doing, sir? I hope that your family and you are still in good health and well. That's my prayer for you and you guys and all your loved ones. How you doing tonight, this evening? I'm sir? doing great. Thank you. Thank, thank you. And thank you for the well wishes and the same to your family as well. Thank you, sir. But I'm calling to tell you this, Mr. Hardesty. Mm-hmm. I haven't watched. Nor would I watch none of that about Mr. Michael Jordan. I know he's a great player, but uh-huh. my reason being, sir, that I cannot relive all the time that kept my neck from going through. I can't I relive it, Mr. Hardesty. <laughs> so I have not watched one episode, and I will not watch one episode. And it's something that you had a couple of weeks ago on your um, program. You uh-huh. said, I can't believe Jordan what? 
I cannot believe, in my opinion, that Jordan was the first one to foul Charles Smith from behind when he missed all them shots. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Have a good night. All right, Valentino. Thanks for checking in. <laughs> Listen, I have to watch it. I'm not enjoying it, but I have to watch it. As a Nick fan, come on. Really? Do I need to relive those things again? No. I understand what you're saying, Valentino. But I'm just, I'm looking, I'm looking at it and it's bringing back some memories. Memories I'm not too pleased of. Stop laughing, Ty. Erickson Queens. Hey, Eric, you're next on 987 ESPN. Hey, good night. How you doing? I'm doing good, partner. What's happening? Yeah, I had a question on that previous caller that was telling you about Jordan. Well, I had mm-hmm. two questions. Mm-hmm. Now, to say that Jordan would have been able to run the Bulls by itself, that's impossible. If you remember when Jordan retired in 94, it was, right? Yes. Remember, we had Sky Pippen running that team. Yes. Remember, the Sky Pippen just barely could get them that far. So, yeah, now, if you would have had Jordan there, they would have gotten through. Pippen couldn't do it by itself. So no, and Jordan. and to be honest with you, and to be honest with you, Eric, Jordan couldn't do it by himself either. Because you look at you, you look exactly. at the difference, yeah. you know, you look at the difference between, and, and obviously the teams were better. You know, they they got more group, more people around him, and but yeah. but the biggest difference was that when Scottie Pippen came, it allowed Michael Jordan to be taken off the basketball. So there he didn't have exactly. to, he didn't have to, he didn't have to be the point. He didn't have to look for his shot and try to get other people involved. You mm-hmm. had Pippen able to do that. Plus defensively, along with Jordan, who was very good defensively, you know, Pippen was yeah, an excellent need, defensive they player as well. Other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then I want to comment on the Jerry, the Jerry was Jerry Krause. Yes. Yeah. Jerry Krause had something to do with them breaking up because, um, Remember, Phil Jackson, that the last year was 98. Phil wanted to come back, but Jerry didn't want him to come back. So well, a friend of mine was even saying, so I think the Jack Krause must have felt as though that Phil and Jim Jordan wanted to take over that team. So this, And they they could have still played. You could have let the dance go through until, like, come on, until they would have gotten older, until it was with time people would have been beating them. Then you could have just been like, okay, it's it's over. Let it continue. So you think they could have won another title or two? I think they could have ran, went on until I'll give it to me. See that that, that after ninety eight, I think they could have lasted until at least who said that we talking two thousand. I think mm-hmm. two thousand that would have been the last run, and they would they would have played to two thousand. I believe they would have been playing the Lakers. I think mm-hmm. the Lakers would have stopped at that run. Yeah, yeah, and Lakers would have stopped that run. That team would have stayed together. It would have been, but but you know what? And, and I'll say this, Eric, and thanks for the call. Here's what, here's where the challenge would have been. Would they have been able to tolerate or would, would Dennis Rodman have been able to give them another season? Okay. Look at what he did this season, which, which they were talking about breaking the team up, right? He's in Vegas and he wasn't there for just 24 hours or 48 hours, right? He was there for days. <laughs> so, a valuable guy like that, okay, who by when you look at the video and the story talked about how bored he was at the beginning of the season, bored, okay, because they won. And and how how would you be able to try and keep him motivated? A. B, we know we talk about Jordan leaving. Who was going to be able, what coach was going to be able to try to keep Dennis Rodman in tow? 
I mean, even Phil was having some issues with doing that, right? So from a personnel standpoint, what would they have had to do? They would have had to add another piece or two. Now, I guess if they were thinking about extending it, the first thing they would have had to do is revamp Scottie Pippen's contract. So that would have been number one. But then they would have had to, you know, look and try to expand that bench a little bit. So it's interesting. You're listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Rodman and Vegas coming in at 29.7%. Scotty's contract issues, 11.7%. The Pistons rivalry, 15.6%. And Mr. Ty Kraus ending their run at 43%. Now, I'm and a little shocked by this. Are you really? Well, because... Like, you would imagine the Rodman and Vegas thing, though entertaining, isn't the most compelling or the second most compelling story. Because that bad boy Piston rivalry and, you know, Isaiah Thomas talked about how they had to be physically imposing in order, you know, if they wanted to get past the Pistons. So just going back over the course of those three years and, and Jordan's Bulls having to ultimately become physically and mentally uh, mentally dominant in order to get past them. I would think that that's more compelling. And also, Scottie Pippen's contract situation. Like, that was bizarre. That was something that I never really knew about. Yeah, it, it was interesting. But I think what happens is with this, I think people are very much creatures of what's the last thing on their yes. mind. If we had taken this poll last week, Scotty's contract issues probably would have surpassed Kraus ending their run. Because there were a lot of folks who were really unhappy about Scotty. There were a lot of people who were very critical of Michael saying that he didn't come to bat for, for Scotty and felt that Michael was out of line for by calling saying, him out, yep. yeah, for calling him out by saying, you know, I felt he was a little selfish not coming after the surgery, you know, and coming back. And so, you know, uh, that's why it, it's so interesting. And next week there'll be something going on and we'll talk about that. And then we'll forget about Rodman in Vegas, <laughs> you know, so that's what makes the series so interesting. But I'm just curious, uh, Ty, as to where this is going from here on, because, the, the intriguing part about this is they're, they're kind of taking you through the 97, 98 season by going back over the, the time of the whole run, championship run, mm-hmm. you know, like you get when Jordan first came in, you get, you got the, as, as Teddy Greenstein and I were talking about last hour, you get the scenario about Doug Collins and Stan Allback and Kevin Lockery and Phil Jackson and how that came up. You, you, you kind of get the, the Kraus is a running theme because every time you see him, they've kind of made him the, the, the bad guy in this, right? He, yes. He's the guy with the he's black the villain. Hat. He's the villain. Every time you see him, say, oh, see, there's that guy, man. What is he doing? Why is he, why is he trying to, you're, you're constantly trying to figure out why does he want to break this team up? Like, yeah. like what is it about you that you see that this team needs to be, you know, revamped? Yeah. So it's, it's interesting to see how the rest of this, uh, how the rest of this, this last dance documentary is going to go. And I'll just say this. I voted for Kraus essentially ending the dynasty mm-hmm. as to me the most compelling story. And it was something that I had known about. I remember reading about the quotes, him telling Phil Jackson, you can go 82 and 0, uh, and we're still going to fire you. To me, I, I just can't wrap my mind around 
the idea that you could have the greatest player ever in his prime, the, arguably the greatest coach of all time at his apex. You've won six championships in the last eight years, and you've won them all when you had MJ on your team and when he played the entire season. The idea that on the precipice of that, you, you could utter the word rebuild. That is, to <laughs> me, like, that is a, a special kind of gross incompetence. Like, I cannot even fathom how that could ever come out of your mind. Rebuilding with Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, and Phil Jackson on your roster. Well, you didn't mind. That turned out well for you, didn't it? Turned out well for me because the Lakers, you know, went on to, to, to win three straight championships. But just as a Bulls fan, like, I'm not going to cry for you because you did see six titles, but... You could argue like the, the, the greatest player ever with the most impressive resume of all time could actually have more titles. Yeah. And he could have won another one. Could have. Maybe they could have won another one. Although I tell you, it, it would have been interesting to see because one thing you have, as I mentioned to Teddy last hour, the one thing you have to give him credit for, he was able to build this dynasty, right? He was able to build it. He was able to add the pieces. He saw that they needed shooters. He saw that it, it's like listening. It's like talking to the legend Al Troutwick last season. And he's saying, you know, Hey, listen, <laughs> I, I want, I want shot makers. And he went out, he got. You know, Paxson, you know, he got Steve Kerr. He got shot makers. He got guys who, okay, if you double Michael, they can hit the shot. And so he was able to build this team. He was able to get Scottie Pippen. He was convinced to get Dennis Robin and boy, did they need him. So he was able to both, you know, build it and mold it so it would work. But then just to want to tear it down, just yeah. almost, and they give you the impression. Ty to say, well, yeah, and we get to the calls in a minute. They give you the impression to say, yeah, well, he did that for his own ego. Yeah. I don't know whether he did it for his own ego or whether he just looked at it and said, I don't want to, I don't want what happened to the Celtics happened to this team. Yeah, but because you, the Celtics got old like overnight. Yeah, but he, at least that might have influenced him. At least the Celtics getting old, like you got a chance to see it unfold. Like I've always subscribed to the, the, the idea that you, you get richer, you die trying. Like I would rather go down swinging than to to ultimately decide I want to rethink the wheel and then go into a rebuild. That's why like the average viewer has the challenge of simultaneously praising Jerry Krause for building a dynasty, going out there, you know, and, and getting Phil Jackson, who no one had or ever heard of, building a team around Michael Jordan, all the shrewd moves he made in free agency and trading. We have to we have to give him credit for that while simultaneously calling him out for what it was. Like you cannot, as I mentioned, with the greatest player ever, the greatest coach ever, on your roster at the apex of their professions, decide to rebuild. That 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 is the one thing that can't happen. Yeah, you're right. But it did. <laughs> it did. You and would it, you just as a Knicks fan wish it happened sooner. Well yeah, it would have been nice. But no but you know what? Here's the thing, Ty. No, I can't say that. And I'm gonna tell you why I can't say that. Because they had a chance. When Jordan wasn't there for two years, they had the opportunity. And they that's did. why 94 is, is, it goes back to what Buddha said. That's why 94 is really such a bad thing because they beat them. Okay. Yeah. I know they didn't have Jordan there. That's not, it's not the Knicks fault that Jordan didn't, that Jordan left the side to play baseball. All right. So they had that opportunity. They're up three, two in the NBA finals, Ty. Three, two. All you got to do is win one game. Mm-hmm. 
I know you're going to, to Houston, but you were a team. This was a Pat Riley-led team. This was a team that played well on the road. There was no excuse. Yes, I understand it's a championship game. Yes, I understand it's the finals. But there was no excuse for them not being able to win one game when you're up 3-2. And with all due respect to Akeem Olajuwon, and I know Sam Cassell had the series of his life. You know, I understand it. Kenny Smith, all that. I got all that. The young Robert Ory. Okay, I got all that. But still, you should have been able to. Do the job, make key baskets, which they could not do down the stretch. And I said it then, I'll say it over and over and over again. Rudy Tomjanovich outcoached Pat Riley in that series. And that's the reason why they lost. It's one of the reasons why they lost. Aside from the players not not executing on the court, the other reason is that he was outcoached. I find this fascinating, Larry. So we've we've now watched three episodes of this documentary, and you hear – all the Knicks fans like yourself say how how it's so tough to watch. It's gut-wrenching because it brings back all those memories of what took place during the 90s when Jordan dominated your team. We haven't even gotten to that yet in the documentary. Like, we haven't even uh, approached that era of MJ dominating the Knicks. So well, we've seen it, though. We've seen the highlights. We've seen we highlights. Know what's coming. But we, don't, we, we haven't coming. even gotten there yet. I know, but we know. We haven't know even delved deeper into that, so... You're now feeling what you're going to feel worse in the next couple of episodes. Well, listen, well, no, what they should just do is focus on 97, 98. <laughs> they're going to recap it. They're giving you, they're, they're giving you, you know, everything up until that point. Yeah, I want to go, I want to go 97, 98. You know, I already seen that. I already know what happens. I've seen the, I've seen the, they showed it this weekend. I've seen the rebounding. I've seen the dunk. I've seen Scotty dunking and slamming and looking down. Seen it. Lived it. Seen it over and over and over again. I'm done. You're listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN.